to the UK, where there's been a breakthrough on a final Brexit deal for Northern Ireland. The Northern Ireland Protocol was the thorniest issue in the new relationship between the UK and the EU and a key sticking point in the post-Brexit trading arrangement. And now restrictions will be scrapped after a meeting between the UK Prime Minister and European Commission President. Today's agreement delivers smooth-flowing trade within the whole United Kingdom, protects Northern Ireland's place in our union and safeguards sovereignty for the people of Northern Ireland. That's the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak there. David Finnamore is a Professor of European Politics at Queen's University in Northern Ireland's capital, Belfast, and joins me now. David, welcome. Morning. Thank you. It's been described as a new chapter and a decisive breakthrough, is it? Uh, well, I think it is. There's been a, it, as you said, it's been a really thorny issue in the UK-EU relationship post-Brexit. Um, there's been a lot of contestation around the protocol, uh, a lot of bad tempers, um, um, and uh, I think there's been quite considerable effort made by the UK and the EU tr- to try and resolve their outstanding issues and try and reset relations. Um, that certainly seems to be what they're trying to do today. So take me through the deal. What concessions were made? Okay. Well, the key concern with with the protocol was that uh, the trading relationship between the North, the Great Britain, so the bulk of the UK and Northern Ireland, was restricted because the goods that are entering Northern Ireland had to meet EU standards because Northern Ireland has access to the EU internal market, um, and that meant that a lot of people were concerned that goods were not freely flowing across the United Kingdom. Um, and that had political implications for people from Northern Ireland who strongly identify with the rest of the UK. Um, what the UK and the EU seem to have done is they've moved to a position where they trust each other more. And on the back of a lot of data sharing, they've agreed to remove essentially the vast majority of checks and controls on goods that are moving from Great Britain into Northern Ireland and staying in Northern Ireland. Um, by contrast, if goods are coming into Northern Ireland from the rest of the UK and moving on into the Republic of Ireland, the EU, they will still have to go through some checks. But essentially, if you are living in Northern Ireland, you should be able to get goods as easily as you would do if you were living somewhere else in the UK. So what will the protocol mean for the political future of Northern Ireland? Because even though this is obviously a trade deal, it does create an economic united Ireland. So what could that mean for the Good Friday peace agreement? I think we have to be careful here about what we what we conclude about what it means for the, the whole of the island of Ireland because the protocol arrangements only cover goods. They don't cover services, which is obviously a really significant element of the of the, of the economy. It doesn't include free movement of capital or free movement of, of, of people. Um, so Northern Ireland remains very, very economically tied and part of the United Kingdom. Um, but the political situation on the ground is that for many people who identify as unionists, they've been really concerned about the protocol's impact. Um, and they have still got major concerns about, or some of them have still got major concerns about the fact that Northern Ireland is treated slightly differently to the rest of the UK. It does still have to follow some EU law and it is still subject to the jurisdiction of the Court of Justice in Luxembourg. So the Court of Justice of the European Union, which the UK, the rest of the UK has all um, left. Um, Whether their concerns will be assuaged by what's been agreed between the UK and the EU remains to be seen. So what have Um, they said so far? 
Well, uh, okay, the, the leadership has basically said, look, we need to spend some time um, because there are a lot of documents flo floating around now. We're all sort of pouring over the details to really, really try and unpick what, what it means. Um, but there have been a couple of voices already saying, look, this doesn't actually go far enough. Uh, we need there to be more con more concessions because e EU law still applies in Northern Ireland. On the other hand, I think uh, some elements within unionism will probably say, look, th th a really good effort has been made here to try and address the, the concerns we got. There had to be compromise at some point, and what is on the table looks at first glance to be a, a fairly decent effort to try and to try and resolve the issues, um, particularly those which are of concern to the people people in in Northern Ireland. Um, question is whether there will be enough support for the deal and which that and as a consequence of that we'll see what's called the democratic unionist party re-enter the devolved government in northern ireland mm. um, because if it doesn't then we've got a serious question there about uh, the future of the good friday agreement yeah disagreements over the northern ireland protocol have been uh, simmering since the uk formally left the eu in 2020 as we've been discussing but it was actually boris johnson who signed up to the deal with the eu in order to get brexit done right he promised there would be no hard border. So why has Rishi Sunak been able to get an agreement with the EU now? Is, is, is it because he's a new prime minister and he has new political capital or what's he been able to do? I think a number of things. One, he has got new political capital. He seemed to be someone who is fairly serious in, in what he's trying to do. He, he lacks the bombast of, uh, of Boris Johnson um, he came in saying that he wanted to sort of re reset UK-EU EU relations and recognised that some pragmatic, more pragmatic approach to the protocol was necessary if you're going to get the EU to agree um, a, a new settlement. Um, also, I think he, he was facing up to the reality of what the UK had signed up to. Um, I think it's widely accepted that Boris Johnson took a took a, a rather liberal um, interpretation of of the the protocol and to very much impose what he thought should be the case rather than what what he'd actually signed up to um, legally. Um, I think it's also there's been other changes in the, in the UK government such that uh, those who were the a more ideological approach to Brexit, so really hardcore leaving the single market, leaving the customs union, um, breaking ties with the EU, they've been replaced by people who actually say, look, OK, perhaps the deal we got when we left the EU and, and subsequently signed up to a trade agreement wasn't as good as we thought it was. Um, we're now living with some of the consequences there and we really do need to try and ameliorate the situation. Added to that, we want a fairly friendly with, um, relationship with the EU because there are other elements of the relationship which we want to develop, for example, access to, to research, collaboration, uh, improved relations in terms of the movement of goods, energy cooperation. And obviously there's the big issue of wanting to um, cement their collaboration around Ukraine. Very interesting. David, thank you for coming on and explaining it to us. Thank you. David Finnamore is a professor of European politics at Queen's University in Belfast and you're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app. Me again, podcasters. I hope you're enjoying our coverage of international affairs on RN Brecky. And if you're looking for more stories that put world events into context, then look for Between the Lines on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.